right, welcome you back. I'm Mark Ferkler, and we're exploring living words from the Gospel of John. And we have come to John 17, which is his final night before the disciples, uh, before he's crucified. And so this is his final night with the disciples. And he's offering up a prayer for the disciples um, as he is getting ready to leave. And this is the only extended prayer that Jesus gives that we can find in the, in the entire Gospel of John. So what can I learn about how Jesus prays? Is it similar to the way I pray? Does he use the same kinds of words? Uh, does he pray about the same kinds of things? Or does he do something different than what I do? I'd like to know that. And uh, as, I, as I looked at the prayer and read it a few times, I noticed his focus was very much on glorifying God uh, through his life and through the life of his disciples. So it wasn't, Lord, I've got a need here. Please come and meet it. Although he did ask the Lord to meet some things, but Lord, would you meet these deeds so that your name will be glorified, so that you will be glorified in our lives? So he started by lifting his eyes up to the Lord. So he didn't start with his needs. He started by looking up to the Lord. And then his focus was on glorifying God through his life and the life of the disciples. The other big strong focus I found as I read through this a couple of times was very strong focus on the union um, that he has with the Father, the union now that they're going to have with the Father and with him in their spirits as he goes back to heaven. And the third thing that I definitely saw in there was he mentions numerous times that he was with the Father before the foundation of the earth, showing that Jesus is eternal. All right. And now he's going back to the Father. So let's... Uh, I also wondered what version to read this in. <laughs> I kind of I looked at the, the Passion Translation, which I kind of view more as a, as a paraphrase, the Passion Paraphrase, because he does put a lot of extra words in, and I felt it was a little bit looser than what I wanted. So I looked at the New American Standard, and I thought, well, that's a little bit obtuse and not really as clear as what I need it to be. So <laughs> I ended up kind of uh, rejecting both of those. Uh, for this time. And I think what I want to go with up here at the top, you see, I've got the, the new King James Version listed as the version we're going to use. It's still not <clears throat> crystal clear. Uh, it's still a little bit hard and obtuse to read, I think. So I suppose I could go to the Good News Bible or something like that, but I don't think I want to do that either. So, so here we go. Let's see what we can learn. Jesus spoke these words lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said father the hour has come glorify your son that your son may also glorify you <clears throat> so prayer begins not with me expressing my need but me lifting my eyes up to the father focusing on him with a desire to glorify him in my life by seeing his power manifest out through my being that's a really cool focus a really nice focus it's it's a focus of coming into the presence of the king of the universe, desiring to show him honor and glory. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given to him. And now he's going to go ahead and define eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now that, this is a definition. 
eternal life. And is eternal life going to heaven? Is that what it's all about? What's this word know about? So if we do look it up, uh, we'll take a click here on the New, uh, New American Standard Plus. And here, coming back down to chapter 17, verse 3, that they may know you. All right, that word is it's in the Greek, 1097. We'll just click on it. I come down to Thayer's 1097. It's going to give several different different definitions. The third one down is the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. Well, that's a pretty intense knowing. That's a very intimate knowing. That's an intimate union where something beautiful is created at birth of a child, for example. And when we're intimate with the Holy Spirit, he births things within us, within us love, joy, peace, compassion, strength, boldness. All of those things are birthed within us as we experience the union that we have within, the knowing that we have within with our Father. So, so this is not just an intellectual comprehension. Now, this idea that it's a, an idiom, a Jewish idiom, <laughs> I kind of wanted to know does the New Testament actually talk about like when Mary, you know, knew Joseph or before she knew Joseph, she was pregnant? Um, so I went back, I figured that story had to be in Luke chapter one, and I found it in, in Luke 134. So let's just click here in the margin, on the left margin to Luke. And now we can go up here to the top, we can click on chapter one. We can scroll on down till we get to verse 34. And uh, here we go, Luke chapter 1, verse 34. <clears throat> and Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And here is that, uh, that G1097. You'll see if you look in the box there that ginosko is the word. All right. So yeah, this eternal life is to ginosko, God, to be, to know God like a man knows his wife. And they bear a child. That's an intimate knowing. It's not just a mental comprehension or a logical reasoning about a person. It's not just building the right theology. It's an intimate encounter. I'd like to, if I, we're on the New American Standard Plus, and I clicked on here in the, uh, Luke 1, 34. So we'll go straight to that verse if I go ahead and click on the King James Version Plus, it'll take us straight to this, the same verse. At least within a verse, we're on Luke 133, okay? I think we were on Luke um, 134. So it got there within a verse. Mary said to the angel, how shall this be since I know not a man? That word know, <clears throat> see in the box it just opened up, ginosko. That I don't happen, that I've never had sexual intercourse with a man. So eternal life, it's the same word that we know God very intimately, very experientially, not an intellectual comprehension, an intimate heart union. All right. Okay, so if we want to go back to John, I'm going to go to the left column and you'll see I'm going to click on John. So if I click on John, here's the 21 chapters. I can click on chapter 17. And then we want to go back to the new King James Version. So I'll click on that at the top. All right. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, whom Jesus and Jesus Christ, 
whom you have sent. The other, the other thing that I might just want to do, this word no is going to show up several times in this chapter. And I guess I want to know, is it going to be gnosko, uh, intimate knowing all the way through? So one of the ways I can find that out is I can go up here in the top left corner, click on Bible, click on search, open up the search bar, and um, <clears throat> I can type in that Greek number, G1097. Uh, G that was the number for Gnosko, G1097. And um, <clears throat> can't do a search for it in the New King James because there's no Greek words there. So I'm going to change translation to New American Standard Plus. So anyone, or the, the New King James Plus, either one. So the New American Standard Plus. And then I'm going to come over here and on the right, right side, click on the binoculars. So I do a search. And uh, <clears throat> I want to see John 17. I got to scroll down till we get to John 17. So let's scroll down just a little bit further. John 17. Okay. Verse three, this is eternal life that they may know thee. There's Gnosko. That's one time it's used in John 17. Now, verse seven, now they have come to know, same word, to be intimate that everything you have given to me is from you. They have an intimate understanding. Okay, now, uh, that he got his power from Almighty God. Verse eight, now the words which you gave me, I have given to them, they've received them truly, and they understand it's that good word, Gnosko again. It's a deep understanding that I come forth from you. And now they now believe that you sent me. It took them a long time to fully comprehend that he was sent by God to earth. That's uh, And then John 17, 23, I in them, thou in me, that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know. That's okay, no, that's Gnosko, Greek 1079, 1097. The world may know that you sent me, you love them, even as you have loved me. All right, so it's going to bring the world into a, a, an intimate awareness of this reality also. And then John 17, 25, again, there's the word no, gnosko, all right? Oh, righteous Father, although the world has not known you, is not, I have known you, and these have known you that you sent to me. So the word gnosko shows up in all, there's four of these verses, one, two, three, or five, five verses, and it shows up multiple times in, in this last verse, three times. So this whole idea of an intimate knowledge, which is as intimate as a husband knowing a wife, very, very central in John's thinking. And uh, okay, we're gonna close this. So, and if you go back, as we go back and read the rest of this chapter, you're gonna see a really big discussion on union, the union of God within Jesus, that allowed him to do miracles, the union of Jesus and God now within us, allowing us to do miracles. This is a really big focal point of his prayer.
which means it maybe should be a real big focal point of my prayers too, thank God, because you are in me, your power lives within me and your miracle working power is within me and I release that power right now. So maybe that would be uh, so that your name may be glorified to the healing of this body in Jesus' name. So that might be a good way to pray. All right, so here we are. We're got down to uh, John chapter 17, verse four. <clears throat> I'm gonna see if I can get through this and make it clear. <laughs> I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus is eternal. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they have known all the things which you have given to given me are from you. And I have given to them the words which you have given to me. And they have received them. And they have known surely that I come forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I did not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no, no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, Keep through your name those whom I have you have given me, that they may be one as we are. It's a prayer for an intimate union between the disciples and the Father. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave to me I have kept, and none of them was lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy, my joy fulfilled in themselves. My joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. And that's a good way to pray too, Lord. Keep me from all attack of Satan. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That word is logos. I did check it out. Logos includes rhema within it. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their words. So as they preach and evangelize, praying for them, 
those who become believers also, that they may all be one with you as Father, you are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. His whole focus on God within us, flowing out through us, empowering us, transforming us, changing the world through us. And the glory which you have given to me, I have given to them. They may be one, just as we are one. Again, that passion, this intimate union in our hearts and our spirits. I in them, you and me, that they may be, be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the earth, the world. Again, Jesus is eternal. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. <laughs> okay. Jesus repeats same ideas over and over. Glorifying the Father, union with God, intimate knowing. Those three ideas just over and over and over and over. So I did journal about this, and here's some journaling questions. <clears throat> Lord, I do enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and I enter your courts with praise. Lord, would you explain eternal life? Mark, it's believing in me, trusting me, loving me, being intimate with me, and receiving from me all that you need for life and happiness. Those who do not have it live alone, caught up in their own thoughts and ways, and will and efforts. Their lives are lonely and puny as they are not connected to the river of life that flows from my throne. This is not my will for mankind. I desire that they be connected to my river, which flows from my throne and gives life to all that it touches. So come, let your roots be planted by my river so that you might bear much fruit. Behold, I have spoken. Behold, it is to be done. Jesus, I see you prayed for God to protect those whom he had given to you. I assume this is part of intercessory prayer. Yes, Mark, it is. When you pray and ask for favor upon others, they receive that favor. So prayer is powerful and effective. Pray for those I've given to you. Intercessory prayer is something that should be a part of your life. Jesus, you talked about your union with God and now with your disciples, as you live within them, what would you say to me about that? Mark, the union of spirit is so complete that there is no separating one from the other. We are now both one. I am fused into your being. 
When you touch your innermost being, you touch me. The flow is solid, continuous, and life-giving. This is the miracle of Christianity. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Never diminish this amazing reality. This is the heart of the gospel. This is the heart of spirit-filled living. This is life itself. Continue to teach it as you have in the past. It can never be overemphasized. <laughs> wow. I love the Gospel of John. I love John. He was the beloved disciple, the closest one to Jesus. He seemed to see the heart of the issue more fully and completely than anyone else did. And uh, this chapter surely is a look at the heart of the issue of what is the center of Christianity. Union with God and living out of that union and glorifying God is his power and his life flow and his river flows through us out to the world, out to all those that we touch. So praise God for this beautiful prayer. Why don't you spend some time journaling, asking the Lord either these questions or some different questions. And um, then come on back and, and we will take a look at the next chapter. God bless. This is Mark Verkler signing off.